You're listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast, your new home for inspiration, family, sports conversations, and a lot of other stuff. We're your all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life and your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the all-purpose pod for an all-purpose life. Wherever you are today, however you're listening to They Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Thank you again for joining us and making us a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. We are, we are, we are your weekly mirror check before you go change the world, baby. Thank you again for joining us. As always, we love to support on our social media platform. Thank you again for chiming in on our episodes and giving your thoughts about what we're talking about and what we're saying. Love to hear what you guys are thinking about our episode for today and for every day. So thank you again for doing that. And of course, if you are following us on your podcast platform, you can find our show anywhere. But we strongly recommend Good Pods as our new platform for podcasts. You can always rate and review every one of our episodes every season, anytime you like. Total freedom and the app is free. So download Good Pods today on your mobile phone. Thank you again for joining us and we are so appreciative of your listenership. Let's jump into our episode for today, if we can. So, just for a second, okay? Help me out with this small and very simple exercise. Just for a second, just stop, okay? Start right where you are. Now, if you're jogging on the treadmill, I don't want to cut into your workout time, but if you're running, people who listen to our show do a lot of things when they're listening. I've heard some crazy things, but... Wherever you are, just for a second, just stop. Just for a second, just stop. I know you're probably full of outrage and you probably have a lot to say about a lot of things. Cool. I've seen the tweets. Your posts and your memes are very emphatic, somewhat funny, but again, somewhat serious. It's clear that a lot of people are not happy right now. Why they're not happy, I guess it's a different topic for a different time. Nobody can talk about it like you can, but it's pretty clear that most people aren't very happy right now. They're not content with where they are and what's going on around them. To be fair, I can understand. Some folks want to fight somebody. Some folks want to fight for something. Some folks just want to just feel better and to do anything to get there. Now, if I didn't know any better, and to be clear, I definitely know better. If I didn't know any better, I might think that this is how things are supposed to be. But thankfully, and gracefully, they're not. We lash out and attack and then lean back and tell everybody that we need to do better. Maybe we'll even apologize. But tomorrow, if just the right buttons get pushed, we will repeat yesterday's failings. And that cycle continues day after day, week after week. Month after month, and believe it or not, year after year, and decade after decade. Now, I know off the top, somebody's going to say, it's just being human. Nobody's perfect. Blah, 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 blah. Those things are facts, but they're not the truth. If all we were were drones without the power of choice, and that's all we were or ever could be, 
those comments about us just being human and nobody being perfect, it would make a lot more sense. But we have beating hearts in our chests and a supercomputer in our skulls and the power of will at our disposal. So that means more is not only expected, but more is possible. If you can understand that and get past all of the outrage just for a minute. We have all these capabilities and this understanding and this wisdom and this ability. It's because more is not only expected, but more is possible. In your current state, in your current state, you might see yourself as a sum total of all you've learned and experienced. That's easy if you're listening to the chatter. Facts are readily available Truth isn't so easy to locate because it's hard to see clearly, especially in climates like the one that we're in right now. Too much junk. Too much trash. Too many facts. Too many opinions. Too many loud noises. Way too much chatter. Even in the comfort of your cubicles, you can't escape the chatter. In your living room, on your comfortable love seat. You're not immune to the chatter. In the silence of your bedroom, in the dark of night, when everybody else is sleeping, you're still touched by the chatter. Chatter, by definition, is a quick succession of purposeless noise and sounds. Foolish talk. Incessant talking for a long time about things that just aren't important. It was many years ago and you can call this part of the episode True Confessions of Mr. You. I was suffering from an addiction. Some folks drank alcohol. Some folks smoked on that bud. Some chose cancer sticks for their enjoyment. And some people were smoking rocks. That's where I came from. Addiction was rampant in my old neck of the woods. I was addicted just to a different substance. I almost shudder to share this in this medium because I don't know how folks going to react because it's not something I've shared uh, at any time, really. I'm not sure I've discussed it on the podcast at all. Uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. If you had heard an episode where I discussed this before, but I don't recall it. But I was addicted. Not to all the things I just named, but to something different. I was addicted to soap operas. Seriously. I mean, it was a secret, too. Because of where I come from, if you can imagine my neighborhood, urban is all get out. Those are the kind of things that you don't say in open company. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you probably can't say it to one or two trusted confidants. It probably won't go over well. You might get called some names. You might get... Uh, Excluded from the community. But I was addicted to soap operas. And I kept it a secret. I used to run the streets. I hung out. I did a whole bunch of stuff in the streets. The thing that you would expect in a city kid with no... Uh, with a lot of time on his hands. That he would do. I did a lot of that. But none of my boys knew that I was strung out on serial dramas. They didn't know I had that feeling for a soap opera. 
I was able to hide this for quite a while. And usually because while all my friends were at work doing retail, working for the MTA, host of other jobs, going to school, doing their homework, I was at home watching every soap opera I could get my hands on that came on television. It sounds weird even when I say it, but it was actually my life. And I hope that you don't, even though I say this easily now, I guess, hope you don't take it lightly because there's a point to this that I definitely want you guys to understand. But just to bring clarity and to make sure you believe me in what I'm saying to you, I'm talking about shows like Search for Tomorrow. Ooh, blast from the past right there. Ryan's Hope. Loving. Santa Barbara. Capital. Guiding Light. As the World Turns. One Life to Live. General Hospital, Young and the Restless, Another World, Days of Our Lives. I watched all of them. Continuously. Constantly. Did I mention Edge of Night? <laughs> Just to name a few. I scheduled every errand, all of my homework around the hours of 1230 to 4. If I was in school and I missed it, I was buying the magazines to catch up on what I missed. In much of those times, we didn't even have VCRs. If there was a call to the house, it would go unanswered. I was physically and emotionally unavailable. And when VCRs or some kind of recording device was created, even better, I didn't miss anything. Monday through Friday, 1230 to 4 o'clock, I was watching all of it. What made it even worse was that this addiction wasn't a three or five year situation that I would eventually grow out of like most situations like that. I was living this well into my early 20s. Why am I telling you this today? I ask myself the same question. Why am I telling all these people I had an addiction to soap operas? Well, I was under assault by the chatter. That's why. These shows weren't about real life, but they directly reflected everything I thought I needed in my life. I needed validation. I needed companionship. I needed authentic relationships. I needed to know that my fantasies and my dreams were actually possible because my real life circumstances kind of all said no to the things I was dreaming about. My neighborhood, my circle, they were all saying no to the things I really want to do in life. In these quote unquote programs, which is a great name for them, by the way, I found comfort to stay in my deficiency. I found no reason to push forward. I was given permission to remain sick and remain addicted. People that listen to this podcast and love soap operas probably won't understand this. And I pray this isn't offensive to you because I'm not trying to offend you. That's not what we're talking about today. But I sincerely hope that this is helpful to you in identifying some key areas you might want to be thinking about that you haven't yet. These shows were all in my memory, all up in there. I remember the plots, the characters, the background, the actors' real names. Who they married. And never did I grow up in this phase. 
I stayed in a dark room with the blinds closed, watching imaginary lives of imaginary people, doing outlandish things that in real life would never even fly. As a matter of fact, they were so outlandish and ridiculous that out of and out of touch with reality, you had to laugh almost. But somehow, it mattered to me what they were doing. It consumed 3.5 hours of my day, five days a week for years. At least seven years. Probably eight. Even beyond that, I would buy the magazines at the checkout aisle at the supermarket so I can read the latest dish. I couldn't wait to see what happened next. And I mean, I couldn't wait. Like I was itching to find out what was happening. If we had cell phones in those times, I'd have been Googling it. Spoilers and whatnot. I was I was enslaved by the chatter. I shook this many, many years ago, but I can see how easy it was to be trapped. I didn't have to live. I can live through these characters. Imagine my face on their heads. That could be my new reality, I thought. To add to this, I had a desire to be in the performing arts. That was a very strong and kind of ever-present desire in me. I wanted to go to the School of Performing Arts. And I wanted to go there badly, almost desperately. My favorite show on television was Fame. Google it for all you young folks. F-A-M-E, Fame. Google it. I didn't care about dancing, even though I had rhythm. I could dance. I wanted to sing and produce and act. This was not something my mother was really enthusiastic about. As a matter of fact, she felt like it was not a good career choice. And I guess you can't blame her. With her background and experience, I understand why she felt that way. She thought she'd be in engineering or some kind of math-related career. Something stable. Something that pays the bills. There were many discussions about this in my house, and I mean a lot of discussions about it. I never told the story to anybody, and I never thought I would ever get anybody to believe this about me because it's so unlike my character. It's so unlike the way I've function and talk and act. No one, if I told him in those days, would ever believe it. Ever. But I heard about an open audition for a soap opera called All My Children. Perhaps you're familiar with it, but it was an open audition and it wasn't my favorite soap at all, but there was a part for a potential recurring character that I thought would be perfect. And I would get a chance to work with somebody who I would actually enjoy, you know, watching on TV. So, made perfect sense. I couldn't get to West 66th Street fast enough. I knew Mom would not approve, but I was determined to go. I stood at that door and I was ready. I didn't see anyone else arriving, but so there was no opportunity for comparison or anything. I was just kind of just there, seemingly by myself. Waiting to go into the audition. Roles aren't guaranteed, especially in that business, but I had the chance to do something that I always wanted to do. So I was kind of pumped about it, but very, very afraid as well. I had butterflies that were (laughs) bigger than the Empire State Building. But I acted in high school a lot. I did a commercial audition when I was younger, but this was really different. I could actively make a long-time fantasy 
or reality. I could be on the other side of the TV screen. I walk closer to the side door to go in for the audition, close enough to see the ABC logo in big, big print. And I got butterflies even more. In an instant, right there in that moment, I could see my mom's face, like her actual face was right in front of me. She didn't say anything, no reaction, not a word, just her face right in front of me. And I dropped my head and headed back toward the subway to go back home. It may sound like I'm getting ready to blame my mom for this, for not going through it with the audition, but hang with me. It's not really what this is about. Now, to you, there may be two ways to view the situation. Some would have pressed through and did the audition and chased that dream to be a star, no matter what their mama said. I chose option number two. Remembering and considering how my mother felt about my decision, it really impacted me. I wanted her respect. I didn't feel like I had to ever earn her love, but I want to make sure I, I earned her respect. When I saw her face, you know what I thought about? I thought about all those days and nights she went to work full-time, had a part-time job, and went to school to get a career in the medical field. I thought about her sacrifice, and I felt like crap, to be honest. Here I am, doing what I wanted to do, and didn't have any respect for what she was fighting for, for me. I wanted to fulfill a fantasy, not at all based on any reality trying to self-medicate real issues that I wasn't actually dealing with. What if I got the role? What if I kept on auditioning? Would I have grown up and matured? Or would I have been given more room for the chatter to get louder in my life? Can I tell you something that I totally believe is an antidote for the chatter? Can I tell you this? Authentic, enriching relationship. That's the antidote for the chatter. Most of the junk that we hear and that we receive in all stages of our life is heard and received in isolation. People that talk smack about organized religion and going to church normally stay home, shop, or go to the beach to sunbathe on Sunday mornings. They don't have much contact. They don't have much context, excuse me, for their biases. People who fantasize about revenge against perceived slights and bullying, etc., don't do that at the lunch table with all their friends there. This happens in their bedroom or in their basement with the door closed in darkness, in isolation. That's where the chatter is happening, in isolation. The chatter does its best work in isolation. So if you're wondering how relationship and community is the answer to this, I'm going to try to help. Hopefully I'm successful today. But I believe I have an answer that might help, and I promise you it won't take long. Relationship and community are designed to show you yourself through other people. Relationship and community are designed to show you yourself through other people. Relationship and community are designed to expose the lack of uniqueness to the challenges that you have. In isolation, you think it's just you. You're the only one. It just happened to you and nobody else in the world. Relationship and community expose that to be a lie. And you realize that it's the lack of uniqueness to what you're dealing with. Millions deal with the same thing. In other words, what's happening to you isn't just happening to you. It's happening to many others. You just can't tell that because you're in seclusion. You're in isolation. You can argue how well it works, but groups like AA and other support groups are set up so that you can see the faces of other people and hear the stories of other people. 
and hear the victories of other people. Get the point? Relationship and community are designed to disarm the lie that nobody else will understand and the world is against you and you alone. That ride back home from Manhattan after leaving the audition was the longest ride of my life. I don't think I ever thought that much. I was overcome with thoughts and emotions. I was really wondering if my life was over or was it just about to start? I was one of 100,000 African-American males struggling to find validation and acceptance because I didn't have a father in my home. I didn't have role models beside my mother that were able to instill in me the kind of values that you need to survive in a world like this. My cry for a father who loved me wasn't unique. I know for a fact that many of my friends asked themselves the same question. I asked myself many nights. What is it about me that makes my father not want me? What is it about me? I was one of many who wondered how they could survive gangs and drugs and cults and everything else that happens in inner city living to make something out of my life in the toughest city in the free world. When I saw my mom's face at that audition, I felt shame and guilt, to be honest with you. Not because I went to an audition for a soap opera. It was because I was wallowing in self-pity anyhow. And I didn't have a right to feel sorry for myself. My mother chased the American dream and here I was, forgetting her sacrifice so I could do something great in my own opinion and respect and not respect her work ethic, her integrity, her living for, with purpose, just doing what I want to do. Did I have some resentment at all? Absolutely. Miraculously, it didn't last very long. I'm a thinker and I began to wonder if I was seeing this all wrong. If I became a famous actor, would I get over feeling abandoned and unloved? By working long hours and signing autographs? Was that really the remedy? Suppressing the pain by doing stuff and staying busy? People do that all the time. You may know some people like that. They suppress the pain by doing stuff and staying busy. I was swinging at shadows, man. I was swinging at shadows. Is that what you're doing? Are you swinging at shadows? Are you throwing lefts and rights at shadows? Are you jabbing and white crossing at shadows? Every day, all day, tongue wagging, tired of being tired, ain't hit nothing. Never landing a punch. Trying to beat back voices and thoughts and feelings and spirits and expectations. Are you swinging at shadows? Are you tired of being tired? Of not landing a punch? Not connecting? Are you swinging at shadows today? I really hope you found something valuable in this episode. I can tell you this. We waste a lot of time listening to voices and trying to meet the expectation of other people. That's the honest truth. We start moving wherever the chatter takes us in a lot of, in a lot of ways. People spend their whole life listening to the wrong voices. It's either the voice of people who don't have our best interests at heart or the voices that come from our own selfish desires, or the voices of common opinion, groupthink, and pack mentality. What are you fighting for? Who told you that was your fight? Will it matter in five years? If you think it's worth living to gain it, ask yourself, is it worth dying to have it? It might come to that. Ask yourself, what are you fighting for? Who told you this was your fight? This was your mission. 
Will it matter in five years? If you think it's worth living to gain it, ask yourself this question. Is it worth you dying for? Because it could come to that. Choose your battles wisely. Wherever you are today, however you're listening to They Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Thank you again for making They Call Me Mr. You a small part of your morning, your day, and your week. Be your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Continue to keep following us on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook at They Call Me Mr. You. On Twitter at Call Me Mr. You, M-I-S-T-A-Y-U. If you're following us on your podcast platform, we can be found anywhere. But please consider downloading the Good Pods app today and following our show on Good Pods. We can rate and review every episode of every season, anytime you want, as long as you want, as much as you want to say. Totally free. Free opinions, free speech, free podcasts. Thank you again for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the show today. And of course, love to hear your comments and your thoughts on today's episode. As usual, enjoy the music. Coach out. Thanks again for listening to the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our full-length live episodes. And of course, if you're an audio listener, wherever you enjoy your podcast listening, you can find the Call Me Mr. You, the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Go change the world. Coach out.